the plot to kill Carol is built on lies. These people are going down. You think this was Waco? Come get me, mother. We gotta put our differences aside. Uh, guess what you did? It's called Tiger King. Let's start the show. <laughs> Welcome to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood, but more importantly, uh, am I reading hmm. this right, Bryce? Yes. This appears to be a documentary on the fallout of the popularity of the documentary of, Fi of Tiger King brought yeah. to you by the people who brought you Tiger King. They are mysteriously not calling this Tiger King Season 2. This is Tiger King 2, a sequel series following the events of the Tiger King documentary slash phenomena. I mean... I, I, I can't blame them. I, 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 it, it reminds me of like when they were calling it Stranger Things 3. Like it is so culturally important. We can't stick to TV traditions. You need to know that this is like a sequel movie, I guess. So that's coming. This is all This is all too confusing. Uh, I, I never watched Tiger King and I'm now even more confused uh, that there is a second Tiger King. And the only person who can possibly help us explain this is our guest today, Chris Mancini. Uh, welcome back, Chris. <laughs> Great to be here. Thanks, guys. And I Please can explain indeed Tiger explain. King too, Chris. <laughs> well, Tiger King, the first season, was one of those shows that you're watching and you're going, well, there's no way this can be real. These can't be real people and these things couldn't possibly have happened. And it all was. It was all true. And um, uh, it was a lot of people denying that they were doing meth and it was a lot of people denying uh any type of actions or responsibility or culpability for anything anyone was doing uh and it had tigers in the middle of it but i really thought that was the end after the uh the first season i was like all right he's in prison uh, what more can you do it was yeah, claimed so. at the time that tiger king maybe it was just the right show at the right time in the middle of the pandemic everybody trapped at home watching netflix and it was just what appeared to be yeah. the most bonkers story that yep. Netflix could possibly come up with. Tom, yes. there's no way they're going to beat that. No. And, uh, you know, we all felt trapped like the Tigers themselves as we were watching this show. And but Netflix saw it was a huge hit. They're like, all right, we got to figure out some way to do a, uh, a season two. But the lawyers got involved and said, well, you can't call it season two. We're not even really sure what it is, but uh, just put it to somewhere and uh, don't promise anything and let the viewers figure it out. <laughs> I think that's where we're at. I, I feel like maybe I now understand it and I'll never be confused by anything Netflix does ever again. <laughs> it's time for our primary target. Mr. Puzzles wants you to be less alive is not me having a stroke. It's the name of a horror movie short written entirely by bots and released by Netflix. Or is it? Uh, Netflix says in the YouTube description of this, which they just posted it on YouTube. Uh, you don't even have to have a Netflix subscription to watch it. Uh, that the bot was trained by comedian Keaton Patty on more than 400,000 hours of horror movies. To which Bryce Castillo said, I think there's only 589,000 films total in IMDb. How did they get 400,000 hours of horror <laughs> it movies? It may not mathematically work out that way. <laughs> Uh, the movie is certainly executed tongue in cheek, uh, computer animation with what sounds like text to speech for the actor lines, stage directions are read out loud by somebody who sounds to me like Pat Oswalt. I'm not saying it is, uh, here's a few gems from the script. Do not kill me, please. I have several families. I am a coworker. Also, I don't know houses. I am a virgin. My dad will pay you not to kill me. My mom might not. Also and... <laughs> Jennifer is sprayed with red coworker juice. Red coworker <laughs> juice is amazing. Now, this is funny. It might not be written by bots because, uh, as Bryce pointed out to me, Patty has done this before and it's not clear that it's really bots. So we could spend a lot of time trying to figure out if this was made by bots or not. Uh, or if there are even 400,000 hours of horror movies, uh, maybe it just watched repeats. Honestly, I don't know if it really matters 
for two reasons. One, it's pretty hilarious. And either it's a hilarious bot-created thing, or it's even more impressive as a human-created bit of hilarity that sounds like bots. Even more important to my way of thinking, though, is tech like GPT-3 can already do this much better. Uh, Solicitors is an AI short film written by GPT-3's algorithm that came out in 2020. Another one called Date Night was posted in April. They're not much better. And they're definitely not as funny as this one from Netflix. Uh, so we can, we can get sidelined trying to decide if Netflix is lying when it writes, we worked with Keaton Patty to make a bot watch over 400,000 hours of horror movies. Or we could talk about something else well, uh, I, I and, mean, and like, how close we are to getting an AI written screenplay. Let me pitch this to you. I think uh, if I were to make a, a calculated guess, if I were to put $100 on the table, I would say that... Um, uh, the high end of AI algorithms ha- is is past this moment. However, we were there. There was a moment where this was about as good as an AI bot would be able to take general ideas and mash them up together and try to create a facsimile of a horror movie. Um, and um, much like, follow me, it's a metaphor, much like chiptune music, what at first is a limitation, the inability to create certain levels of of, of high fidelity sound becomes charming after you've passed it. We've passed that moment where AI bots aren't good enough to write better scripts than this. And we immediately have a fondness of like, oh, but wasn't that neat when the the eight bit chip tunes sounded that way? Wasn't that neat when the, when the, the uh, what'd you say, GPT or whatever? Um, GPT-3. GPT-3, yeah. uh, uh, you, you know, would, would, would do, wasn't that great when predictive text was so awful that, that it was so funny? Uh, it, at which point it becomes a genuine and I think well-earned genre uh, unto itself. I don't mind if this is totally fake. I don't mind if it's a hybrid of them figuring out a way to scale down and limit the the processing power to get the appropriate amount of weird Mad Libs predictive text uh, for all of this. Uh, I I know I laughed out loud very many times watching this, and that's all I care about. Yeah. This is an adult swim show that's not on Cartoon Network. I mean, this is really like a bot version of Space Ghost or something like that, that really were the way it's kind of been put together. Um, you know, is it is it completely written by a bot and predictive text like you guys are saying? Who knows? I mean, it's not like Netflix has uh, never made up numbers and things before. Uh, so I don't I don't know. Well, but either it, way, it, like it, there said, might be a little fun. bit of uh, uh, kayfabe happening where it's like in order to get maximum impact out of this, they have to play up the conceit that this is all done by AI bots. Sort of like right. um, uh, uh, what was the. Uh, uh, the robot that could play whist, uh, uh, or, or, um, uh, uh, oh, the mechanical Turk that could play chess, mm-hmm. uh, but actually mm-hmm. had a, 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 a small person inside. Oh, Bobby Fisher. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> Where did he Bobby go? Fisher had a small person inside. I never he knew did. that. That's yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think just from the look of this, that bots were involved in the creation of this kind of like uh, Bryce, you were saying Patty's done this with, uh, with predictive text before, right? I, I I have found other, at least other groups that have admitted that they pretend to write scripts like this using a tool that takes text and does creates a predictive keyboard that you, a human control. Yeah. Is it called Google translate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and to me, this is an entire work of art on its own then, right? We, you know, whether if it has 10% juice, can you still call it juice? I, I don't really care. <laughs> to me, it's like, you right. know what? I, I love your, your, your uh, comparison to, to chiptunes, Brian. Like, if this is funny and it's mimicking something that was a reality at one time and they're better at it than that accidental reality at making it like really hilarious, then that, that's great. I could appreciate it on, on that. Right. Well, and if nothing else, think back to some of our favorite dragon con experiences where we would do stuff like play a PowerPoint roulette. And, uh, I, we all knew that Patrick Delahanty was, was juicing those slides to make sure that the best ones were always there at the end. But it had that illusion of just like, who knows what the next slide's going to be. You got to keep on presenting. Uh, I, I, I loved it. I, is, is the 
conceit that this is just a standalone please pay attention to our youtube channel or are they this is not even the first the time they've done series? this for, this is not even the first time they've done a video like this on that channel right so so i guess that's just a, a self-contained unit of this is funny and and they're, and they're trying to promote their comedy uh division pretty much of like all the different stand-up and, and comedy specials and, and and i agree with you guys sometimes you just got to enjoy the pixie stick yeah, you know it's yeah. it's a uh, flavored sugar, but it doesn't matter. You just you're just going to enjoy it um, either way. I it does make me. I I think one of the reasons it works and gets widespread pickup is we are sort of waiting for that good AI written script, both both with fear and trepidation, right? Like we we <laughs> want to see it do it, but we're also afraid if it does it and we're like, oh, that's really good. So this is fun because it 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 piques that curiosity of like, oh, did they? And then when we see no, they didn't, and it's hilarious. It makes everybody feel better. But I I'm not saying it's gonna happen, you know, tomorrow, yeah. but we're not I wouldn't that be, far I, off from a decent well, I, screenplay being written by an algorithm. I wouldn't be surprised if all of this stuff is being funded by um, the owners of studios, where then all of a sudden they don't have to hire screenwriters, directors, or actors anymore. So I think I would say the reverse. I would say that they, that yes, they're funding it, but but they're funding it specifically to make all of their screenwriters and actors feel good. Like, don't worry, guess who's irreplaceable? You guys. <laughs> Meanwhile, they have Look another division is. that is very quiet, quietly <laughs> figuring out how to do exactly that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the Netflix thing is obviously they they're not trying to make it look good like the GPT three uh, shorts that I mentioned earlier. They hired actors and they shot it, mm -hmm. uh, but the algorithms don't have a a sense of persistence. So what you get is a collage of things that make sense kind of for minutes at a time, but don't connect to the to the previous right. you know mm -hmm. five minutes before that. That's that's the big leap that. AI would have to take to be able to make a decent script. And even then, how many humans can make a, a really good movie? Like, not that many. So on, no, on, to, on top of yes. that, so think about this. Let's say AI does cross that threshold. That's the point where Netflix truly has pulled a Prometheus. They have stolen fire from the gods. And they have to very, very quietly, because Netflix has built up a lot of relationships and it was hard enough in, especially in the early days of, of, of original streaming content to get talented people to participate, to put their names, their reputations on the line for a streaming service that paid at a different scale than traditional networks or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're the people who all they have to do is flip a switch. And all of a sudden, just, just the, the nonsense factory starts putting out award-winning AI shows? I don't know. Well, then we'd have to make all the award ceremonies run by AIs too. Yeah, and, so then we, and then make AIs to watch them and then to yes. tweet about them and to talk about <laughs> snarky Oh my eyes. God, we're making ourselves obsolete. So, so you're saying there is hope for the Golden Globes. I'm just saying yes. as long as enough of those AI bots end up going to patreon.com slash cord killers and giving us just a buck an episode, then I'm fine with it. I, for one, welcome our robot overlords. Yeah, I mean, as long as their yeah. money is is real, that the robots. That's all I yeah, I mean, you know, robots are going to have discretionary income as well. So we'll see what happens. Exactly, uh, folks. Uh, whether you're an algorithm or a human being makes no difference to us. What does make a difference is if you don't support the show, it will be run by algorithms eventually. That's because that's, that's all we'll be able to. Afford. Please save my job at <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Killers. Thank you. <laughs> Let's move on to how to watch. I Comcast announced its earnings last week. They were largely positive thanks to increasing broadband subscribers uh, and money from the Tokyo Olympics advertising. Uh, but for us, the crown jewel of a Comcast earnings report is how is Peacock doing? Uh, streaming wise, Comcast announced a deal to offer Apple TV Plus on its Comcast and Sky TVs, as well as its Xfinity One. I'm sorry, Xfinity X1 and Flex offerings while bringing its Xfinity Stream and Sky Go apps to Apple TV. So doing a little deal with Apple. However, regarding Peacock, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell said Peacock is, quote, way ahead of where we expected to be. 
we don't know what that is because they didn't tell us any numbers, but hey, it sounds good. Uh, NBC disaster drama La Brea was the most viewed original in Peacock during the quarter. Wow. Unlike the past five quarters, Comcast did not release any numbers around Peacock, uh, this earnings report. Last July, they had 20 million monthly active users and projected 30 to 35 million by 2024. But Shell did use lots of very cool sounding words, some of which involved words you also use when using numbers. Uh, everything on Peacock is heading in the right direction. There's really nothing from a trajectory perspective that's any different than it was last quarter or the quarter before. All metrics are pointed up. Our usage continues to be great. Our mix of users continues to be great. We added a few million, hey, that's almost a number, a few million more subs, more monthly active users. He added, helpfully maybe, we've been a business for just over a year and we're already more than a third of what Hulu is now, which is a service that's more than a decade in the making. And he's right. Hulu reported 42.8 million in July when Peacock back in July was already more than a third. So they haven't gone down. That's good. It sounds like something that you write on your last day. <laughs> yeah, and there's no hints that Jeff Shell's on his way out, which makes it even more confusing. Uh, speaking of Hulu, Comcast still owns 33% of it, uh, even though Disney is the full controller of it. Comcast is expected to sell that 33% as of January 2024. There have been some rumors that NBC might jump out early, but Comcast CEO Mike Cavanaugh said, I like the deal we have. It'll be fine if we stay until the end because I expect the value to keep increasing. So it doesn't seem like they're they're going to dump their Hulu stock uh, anytime soon. Um, but I mean, I guess, I guess this just means nothing is really what it seems <laughs> well, like, well, right? This is normally when, when Brian Sinek engine kicks into overdrive and I start accusing this of being a way to mask the fact that they're failing, they're not penetrating market share or whatever. But, uh, but Peacock was so late to the game to begin with, we already knew that they weren't going to swoop in and take over a number one, two, three, four, or even fifth position. We knew that they were making a very long-term play. We knew that uh, very likely they're going to end up in some kind of acquisition deal, either, either becoming acquired or acquiring somebody else. But, uh, so, so this, this sort of non-speak is kind of exactly what I would expect. The only way I would not expect to hear this non-speak is if they had a breakout success, but I can't think of what that would be on, on Peacock. They, they would even need more than one at this point. <laughs> they would need like uh, multiple uh, uh, shows that was driving subscriptions. But it's like we had talked about probably before on previous episodes is where, you know, smaller ones later to the game, they have to bundle. They have to, like you were saying, is uh, be absorbed or absorb somebody else and make it more um, appealing for a consumer that already has two or three services that have a vastly more robust library. But but again, Peacock uh, can afford to be a loss leader for for pride, uh, I guess, uh, essentially like they can lose money year after year on uh, on Peacock and still have it be worth doing as long as it represents NBC in a positive light and continues to make NBC seem like, uh, you, you know, the glory days of the 1980s or what have you. Yeah, and they've got a chance with the Beijing Winter Olympics coming up to learn from what may have not gone as well as they expected on Peacock for the Tokyo Olympics. Although it sounds like the Olympics themselves overall broadcast wise uh, were a super success. Uh, it, it, it juiced the numbers for Comcast at a time when they weren't making money off of the, the movies and the theme parks. Right. So, so they're definitely, uh, they're, they're definitely filling the gap with the Tokyo Olympics. And that, that may be what's going on here. What may be going on is they're like, okay, what we thought we were going to do with the Tokyo Olympics in 2020 didn't happen because the Tokyo Olympics didn't happen in 2020. Uh, we didn't do our best job with Peacock at the Olympics in 2021, but we can do it better in 2022 in Beijing. And and this may be a holding pattern of like, don't say anything on perp, you know, don't give them any numbers because they'll spin it negative. Just say we're doing great. Get us, get us to spring, get us to February, yeah, get us to the next Olympics. I, I don't say know nothing if I'm in Philip Page. I, I, I don't know if I'm asking for a session of of Kremlinology or or Brianology here, Tom. But 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 I, everything about this tells me I should be mad, but I'm not mad for some reason. Why am I not mad? I think because because this isn't this isn't 
several quarters of of this. I think if we if we get a year of this, then it's like, yeah, no, they're just covering up. Uh, it does feel like they're just like taking a breather and like, okay, well, we have to fill, like you said, Chris, we have to fill the page, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to fill it with anything substantial this time around because NBC's massive. Comcast is massive. They're, you know, they're going to to keep at this for a while because like you said, it can be a loss leader and a placeholder where when people start to say like, oh, I do want that NBC stuff, but I don't want to subscribe to cable anymore. You can find it on Peacock. Yeah. Uh, also, I think Bryce in the chat has the right of it. It's be largely because I haven't paid any money for it. <laughs> that, that makes it <laughs> yeah, easy for me to not be mad. Sure. That's, mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. That's true, yeah, too. Because that's um, how most people um, look at free you know, entertainment on the internet. They're really not critical at all if they're not paying for it. So <laughs> I feel like there's so many things that Peacock is getting wrong uh, right now, like not having a hit original, not promoting itself properly. And one of the reasons I don't think it's promoting itself properly is they're not making it clear that you don't have to pay anything for this. Like, right. This is free. Like it's, everybody, it's everybody, I, I, I don't know how many people I've run into are like, yeah, I don't get Peacock. I don't want to pay right. for any more services. And I ha I'm like, you know, you can watch it for free. And they're like, oh, really? I didn't know that. It's as if none of the other streaming services existed or there was nothing to learn from their launches and rollouts. It's like everything was already on the table. They could have figured out a way to uh, go, hey, you know what? We don't have as much, but we're going to make I, sure I mean, people in, know in, it's in, free. In there was any a lot other that year, could have been done would, that wasn't. I, I'd, I'd be high-fiving you right now, Chris, any other year, but it's been just such a bonkers past year because they, they came yeah, out of the gates swinging hard. They did everything right. Um, I'm not going to say it's all just because of the pandemic, and the delay of the Olympics, but uh, but 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 I but but I remember being a true believer when Meryl Barr was on the show, saying, "There's no way this can fail." Look, look at this. They did this, 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 everything right. And like you were saying, there's always that unpredictability too uh, with everything. Yeah, yeah. You can do everything right, and still uh, nobody shows up. Even if you build it, sometimes they don't come. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out not everywhere is Iowa or heaven or either. sometimes Iowa isn't even. Heaven. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think we circled back after Beijing Olympics uh, and, and, and see what happens then. If there is a Beijing Olympics, who knows, right? That's so far off. All right. Let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. Disney Plus released a trailer for The Book of Boba Fett arriving on Disney Plus December 29th. Uh, it kind of looks like Boba Fett is starting a crime co-op. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this trailer about him taking over for Jabba, but being more respectful and, and including people in the profits somehow. I don't know. Brian, did you, what did you think? Uh, first of all, uh, I, I, I said some unkind things in the past about, uh, oh man, that guy got older. Um, uh, uh, he looks way more badass now. He he has he has gotten way more fit and looks way more hardcore. Uh, I like the idea of imagine it. Me, it reminds me of uh, Peter Baelish in Game of Thrones. What if what if just everybody who was a power player died and only Peter Baelish was there and he's there? It's just like all right. How are we going to play this? What's if this was Game of Thrones in the the remnants of Tatooine in the power vacuum after uh, Jabba? I could be in on, on this. Now, keep in mind, I do, in general, have an allergy to any of the old stuff. Like, I've, I'm always constantly hungry for something new. But I found myself very, very Boba curious. <laughs> oh, Webster's got to uh, add that to the dictionary yeah, at some point, Boba curious. Yeah, but I was watching the trailer, too, and I was watching, like, okay, they're hitting the nostalgia. But it was a weird tone like, I don't know if the whole show is going to be like this, but it really felt like they were pushing like, wait, a kinder, gentler <laughs> cartel is or a kinder, gentler criminal enterprise. I'm not exactly sure well, like where like what what the purpose was, but it also will be interesting to unfold. I'm on board. I, I've always loved the Boba Fett character. I, I, and, and we've seen predecessors for that kind of things, you know, you know, like um, um, I, I probably not am not qualified to talk about it since. Uh, I didn't stick with it, but, uh, uh, you know, Narcos post, uh, 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 uh what's his name? Uh, with, uh, uh, Pablo Escobar. Yes. 
Yeah, well, yes, post <laughs> post Escobar. Uh, 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 yeah. You know what? I should probably stop talking because I didn't watch nearly <laughs> enough of those episodes. Oh, I, I but, will say this. This is a trailer criticism I'm about to say. Not uh, Who knows? The series may, may not have this tone, but I, I'm with you, Chris, where when he says like, you know, Jabba would have struck you down for even asking that. I'm like, ah, here we go. What's he go? How, what's his twist? How's he going to deal with this? And he's like, but I'm more respectful or whatever he says next. I'm yeah. like, or he, yeah, says, yeah. he says, speak freely. Yeah, so, well, I want so yes, I want to hear your we're feedback. We're an open society yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not maybe sure it'll where work. It's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if 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 the if this is Game of Thrones, if this is a big chess game of all the power players, you know, in this small backwater, crime-ridden planet, I mean, that could really work. It it does, however, all of it strikes me as beneath the character of Boba Fett. Um, a little bit. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm looking forward to to several episodes of of council meetings. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's my uh, my kind of like I have a prediction on just judging from the trailer. I could be way off, but this is what I think is going to happen. It's right. uh, he takes over for uh, Jabba and he um, starts to run the syndicate in a much more friendly and uh, open way. But then an outside threat comes in. He's got to um, corral all of the criminals to fight this outside threat and save Tatooine. Ah, yeah. You need an outside enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's good. Uh, I think it's just going to be several episodes of him uh, uh, forming a public benefit corporation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and crime committees. Yeah. Yeah, him, several him working, explaining. Working no, 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 no. Yeah. If we do it this way, you could deduct it. Don't you see? It's much better. Yeah. This is really yes. going to open the yeah. bottom line for all of us here. Yeah. Uh, all do right. You have Netflix a receipt for date. that carbonite. <laughs> yes. No. No receipts, Bosks. <laughs> then you don't get compensated. Uh, Netflix released a trailer for season two of The Witcher, debuting December seventeenth. Looks looks great. I thought it looked great before, and it didn't change anything for me one way or another. What would y'all think? Uh, this is one that I intentionally avoided because we're talking about uh, watching okay. The Witcher, so I felt like it was fair game for me to, to not watch. Chris, um, what about I, you? I really liked it. I'm a fan of The Witcher. I'm reading the books now, and I had a, um, a very common criticism of the first season that everyone seemed to have. Hey, uh, don't do so many time jumps, especially when your lead character doesn't age and never changes his clothes so that's mm-hmm. what, it makes it rather uh, um difficult to follow the time jumps uh when your lead character looks the same in every scene uh so i'm really looking forward to the uh, the second half it looks like everything was kind of stepped up a little bit from the action to the storytelling to the pacing so i i can't wait i'm on board for this uh, next season there's one particular short story that takes place in a castle with a maze and it looks like we're getting that in this yes. uh, in this season, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm excited about that one in particular. Uh, Pixar released a trailer for Lightyear. This is an animated movie telling the story of the quote unquote real life Buzz Lightyear, upon which the toy is based. The real Lightyear being voiced by Chris Evans, not Tim Allen. Uh, Lightyear coming to theaters June 17th, 2022. It's not live action though. It's still Pixar animation. It's kind of like an in universe, like ah, the Buzz Lightyear toy is based on this in-universe, real Buzz Lightyear. Tom, what do you think I'm about to say about this? You're about to say, uh, what I like more than anything is an extension of a universe in a direction I didn't expect. But in a sarcastic way. Yes, except (laughs) you'd have quotes around that. I unironically loved everything I saw in this trailer. Like, 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 uh, it made me retrofit. Like, imagine if... um, your introduction to Luke Skywalker or Han Solo was as a toy in the show Toy Story. And then they bothered to go back and make Star Wars so that you could see the awesome thing that it came from. You know, Uh, uh, I am am very hopeful and optimistic for this. It looks really, really cool. I I responded so positively to this trailer that I'm almost angry about it. (laughs) <laughs> that, uh, that, that Pixar knows that like, oh my gosh, this is definitely like you just said, Tom, like this is going, uh, expanding the universe in an unexpected way. But then to, you know, then you've got, you know, the, the music and, you know, Star Man, 
and then um, just everything that kind of happens. Like it's more than him just literally taking off. He's on another planet and there's aliens and it's all the stuff that you would always want to see. And then, of course, there would be a toy based on this. I can't wait to see it now. Right. Yeah. But and maybe this is known and I've just missed it. But this light year, this Buzz Lightyear is not real in Andy's world. No. It's got to be, it's a movie that Andy would go see and then want the toy from, that, right? That is the impression I had, or, or yeah, what yeah. I assumed, yeah, that's is, what, that's is that this like. is the awesome thing that inspired a cheesy toy that became sentient and showed up in the Toy Story universe. Oh, no, I, I think this is like real world, something happened to him, like he went oh. off into space, um, he was a hero, but he got off into this alien planet, but that wasn't part of the story that you ever knew in that world where you had the toy. Oh, now, I'm going right. a far deeper dive yeah. than uh, is necessary, but, uh, you know, I always, my brain always goes like one or two steps of like, what, oh, this is possibly what it could be. But uh, yeah, I think, I, uh, I think it's real world. Uh, Bryce, if you're going to place a bet, where, where, where are you going to land? You know, Pixar always does like references to their other movies. I, I know that they've said that this is the real Buzz Lightyear, but I could see a, like, mm, I don't know. I think that there's a world where this is a movie in the Toy Story f franchise, or this is just a science fiction movie that is like only, it just happens to be the same character between these two films. I, I mean, could see honestly, them totally the doing it, it, it like even like that. One of the coolest yeah. things they could do is just not tell us. Yeah. Just, yeah, just have, you know, <laughs> absolutely. H hence my anger at how well they present <laughs> and uh, promote their films. <laughs> uh, speaking of being upset, a lot of folks were upset that Dune was called Dune Part One without a guarantee that they'd get part two. Uh, well, good news. Uh, Warner Brothers and Legendary have officially approved Dune Part Two. Uh, expected to hit theaters sometime in October 2023. I, I was somewhat bemused by the people who were upset that they hadn't uh, committed to part two. Uh, some very reasonable and, and respected people were, were telling me like, I was a little, uh, I was a little put off by the fact that they hadn't announced part two and they call this part one. And I'm like, of course they were going to make part two, but anyway, everybody all, all gets a pass for the last two years, man. Take it from me. Yeah. The guy who got his, his MRNA booster. Like I've had the disease. I had the Johnson and Johnson and now I just got the Moderna. Like I'm done. I, 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 I give blanket, uh, uh, forgiveness to everyone for everything. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, it's, it, I heard the same thing too. Like, wait, is this, has it been announced? I'm like, well, I don't work for legendary, but I know there's going to be a part two. They, they're already been in development. The deals are set. They're already in pre-production. They just haven't announced it yet. Or, or, or if there reasons. wasn't going to be a part two, there would be a very, very good reason why there wasn't a part two. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. almost, you, you'd almost, the audience it would have, to be a would have huge to stinker. want a part two. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. Like, it would have, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also got a full trailer for Cowboy Bebop uh, out on Netflix. The live action remake of the classic anime arrives on uh, Netflix pretty soon. A couple weeks from now, November 19th, eh, three weeks from now, roughishly. Uh, I know, Bryce, that we turned to you for all things Cowboy Bebop, fairly or unfairly. Uh, but but what, what did you think of this trailer? Did they did they finally swing you around yet? I you know, I, I, I talked last week about not liking that. Uh, that kind teaser. of really stylized teaser, teaser, right? I thought that this trailer was better. Um, maybe not in love with it, but I also I would be willing to put more eggs in the they don't make good trailers half the time anyway. Um, you know, the thing that kind of and Brian, I know you're a big Bebop fan, so did you have this same response of like kind of not telling us much of anything here at all yes uh well although again stylistically i think they matched it this is of the three things that we've seen outside of a perfect recreation of the opening credits the overly stylized thing that we saw and now we saw this this is the one that that thematically felt the most authentic but also it doesn't have to feel authentic it doesn't have to feel anything like the original it just yeah. has to be whatever it is it's going to be but but i definitely by now, I'm like, hey, man, if you're not in, then that's cool. I'm just going to close this door and lock it, and you're going to be out there because I'm not, I'm not here Can to I, listen. Lee, I got to, to do. To, to, yeah. 
<laughs> Chris, this is the kind of show that it's either you're on board or you're not. It's not like I can't even imagine Netflix giving notes on the episodes. Like, well, this is what it is, and it's going to be insane and crazy, and it's going to follow a vision. And even if it's not going to follow the anime directly, and it shouldn't, um, this you're either going to um, like it or not. But there's nothing that's going to change from season one to season two that would change your mind. This is a, a kind of a set IP that it, it is what it is. You know, you like it or you don't. All right, we got a few uh, notes here. Netflix's production of the Three Body Problem books as a television series added 12 cast members. Uh, you'll find a bunch of names you recognize from Watchmen and Game of Thrones in there. Disney is making a sequel to Hocus Pocus called Hocus Pocus 2, <laughs> uh, which has not only cast Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy in returning roles, but added Hannah Waddingham, uh, Rebecca from Ted Lasso, and uh, Sam Richardson uh, from Veep. Uh, among many others. John Hamm will voice a detective in an animated series for Fox called Grimsburg. That's coming in 2023. Amazon released a trailer for its Wheel of Time based on the books uh, by Robert Jordan. First three episodes arrive on Prime Video November 19th. HBO has renewed Succession for a fourth season. NBC is testing, or depending on when you're listening to this, may have tested, election coverage on NBC News Now. Uh, this week during the off-off year, U.S. elections that are mostly about governor's races, uh, kind of a chance for them to experiment with some streaming-oriented uh, election coverage. And Bill Murray told a German publication, you know, recently I made a Marvel movie. I probably won't tell you, but never mind. <laughs> and then seemed to imply that the director of Bring It On convinced him to join that movie. That's Peyton Reed, who's directing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So I guess Bill Murray's in Ant-Man. It wouldn't surprise me. And it doesn't take much for the, to do the detective work on which one it would be. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I'm out of the Oracle business when it comes to anything MCU related because hmm. uh, they continue to surprise me a lot. However, uh, I am fascinated. I only made it a book and a half into the three body problem, uh, which I thought was a, some really deep, complicated sci-fi problems to sit with. Uh, ultimately, I dropped off because the characters um, uh, 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 just had had values that 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 didn't match with my Western uh, sentimentalities. Uh, but I'm fascinated by what an Americanized version of it would look like. Uh, are, are you optimistic about this one, Tom? Uh, looks like good casting. Certainly. Um, I've only read the first book. I, oh, okay. I, have, I have not read the others. So, uh, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about even the first book, uh, how, how they can turn some of this, uh, into TV. And specifically, uh, and again, I'm so curious if it's a society thing or just the way I read it or the a translation thing, but, uh, but there, there is a sense of defeatism, that is so prevalent uh, deep into the second book that I just couldn't keep going. So I wonder, I wonder if, if that's what we're going to see in this. Yeah, probably. We'll probably see a deep sense of defeat. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, talk about what we've had our eyes on. Uh, starting with you, Chris, uh, what's something you've been watching you would like to let the folks know about? Well, you know, it was uh, October, so a lot of horror stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. I was watching Netflix, and two things kind of caught my eye that I watched. One of them was uh, Midnight Mass. It was the Mike Flanagan uh, new miniseries uh, who did Haunting of Hill House. And also the um, Fear Street, that trilogy. I saw the first one, uh, 1994. And it was uh, basically the the Goosebumps guy <laughs> that making uh, um, a horror movies for older people children i guess you could say but uh you know they're hard r and they're it, it's it was really two very separate different projects and uh um, because fear street was more like okay classic slasher you know kind of by the numbers a couple of interesting twists but it felt like a streaming movie one that would actually kind of go there and you know i haven't seen the next two yet but midnight mass on the other hand I thought was absolutely fantastic it was um such an amazing um mix of drama and horror. I mean, you have all of these explorations of themes of everything from grief to loss to religion and a great exploration of religion where is religion bad or is it how you use religion and the people who use religion that really can either use it for good or bad. And, and it still has terrifying scenes and a monster in it. So it has all of these really interesting things put together. 
But one of the things that Mike Flanagan does so well with horror is that uh, he it's a drama as well. So when you're watching a drama and you get invested in these characters and there's a lot of heartfelt, deep, dramatic moments, when the horror comes and monsters and blood, you are actually caught even more off guard. So it's even more disturbing when it actually happens. Mm. So I'm on board with whatever Mike Flanagan does from now on. He's sold me. But uh, Midnight Mass is is fantastic to check it out for sure. I, uh, I I do like that it sounds like Fear Street put the R in R.L. Stein. Yes. Uh, but Midnight Mass <laughs> is the one to watch, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it, it's a, you know, it's... Um, I guess you could say it's it's like um, kind of like uh, potato skins and like filet mignon. You know, there's kind of the same <laughs> horror meal, but one's far better tasting and better for you than the other. Uh, Excellent. Tom, I got to confess, I don't have a lot new. Um, I've done a lot of rewatching of stuff. Uh, there's a podcast where I'm going to get other people to watch Time Bandits. So I went back and watched Time Bandits again. Who as bonkers as I thought. Uh, uh, impeachment, American Crime Story continues to be my secret shame that I enjoy. Uh, but I think uh, my daughter has talked me into watching Inside Job, the uh, cartoon, which I hear good things about. You'll yeah, Netflix keeps advertising that to me, too. So I, I may start on that as well. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that, that I want to throw out there that I've been watching, uh, that I'm just over halfway through, uh, it's only eight episodes long. Uh, it's a Korean show called my name. Uh, and if you're, if you were like looking for something after squid game and you're like, I like the Korean sensibility and violence, but I'd rather they were uh, cops and drug dealers. Uh, my name. It's the perfect show for you. Uh, it's really good show. Like it's it's again uh, something you wouldn't normally see on broadcast TV. Uh, some pretty gory fight violence, but it's got almost a Hong Kong gang film aesthetic to it. Uh, and the 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 basic plot is a woman's father is murdered uh, when she's young. And she knows that he was caught up in this gang, this, this this drug dealing gang. So she goes to the gang to say, I demand that you help me find out uh, who killed my father. And then she's taken into the gang. They train her. She proves herself. And then they place her in, in the cops. Uh, so she gets a job as a cop uh, because that's where the, they say you'll be able to find out who killed your father. And it's a, that's the, the general mystery of it after that, but it's, uh, it's really well done. Uh, great fight scenes, good plot, good acting. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, I recommend my name on Netflix. Let's see what Bryce has on the lookout. Hey everybody. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, you heard Brian talk about it just a second ago. I just finished binging inside job recently and i'm recommending it very highly today so this is an adult animated comedy created by uh, a gravity falls writer shion takeuchi uh, it follows uh, uh reagan ridley the head scientist at cognito inc uh, which is an organization that runs all of the conspiracies around the world like the stock market being run by blood sacrifice faking the moon landing because the astronauts didn't want to come back to earth all sorts of stuff like that at the it doesn't take the conspiracy theories very real they're just fodder for the plot you're not going to get a lot of like oh actually the earth is hollow like they, they really don't lean into it very heavily um and yeah, I was actually really surprised because it is it feels like a very modern show, right? It's about a lot of conspiracy theories that are in our culture today. Um, but it reminds me so, so much of Futurama. Like by the mm. end of by the end of it, uh, I was I kept watching episodes going, that reminds me of the 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 moon episode from Futurama. That that character is just Leela, but she doesn't have purple hair. And I think it's a good thing. Like Futurama is great. And uh and to be honest, I think you could look at this show and call it, you know, oh, it's a Rick and Morty show about conspiracies. Um, and I think that's not really a great comparison versus like the Futurama stuff. It is a very adult show, a lot of adult language. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I was talking to someone earlier who I, I guess had watched a little bit of it and and he thought it was maybe a little too quippy. So if, if you're someone who maybe is a little sensitive to mm. lots of very dense 
very lots lots of little jokes. Maybe maybe keep an eye out or give it a couple of episodes because it does take I think maybe two or three episodes to kind of get into it. How group. many Sorkins would you say it <laughs> is? <laughs> only only like a third of a Sorkin to me. I watched oh, a lot okay. of Eric Sorkin. I think yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I recommend it very highly. There's only like seven or eight episodes right now. They've called it part one. So hopefully more episodes come out soon. <gasps> Uh, did Alex Hirsch, um, did he produce it? Was, I wonder if this is part of his uh, overall Netflix deal. I am was one of his writers that created it. I am, some of the characters look like Gravity Falls characters. Uh, I am told that he was an executive producer, um, but mm-hmm. I'm also told this is really uh, Takayuchi's show. So mm. um, kind of a little, a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. So that's Inside mm. Job. It's on Netflix. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email it to us, please. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, folks, listen, uh, we tell you this every week and uh, we're going to keep telling you until we're told to stop, I guess. Uh, go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Get a free solid state drive because every one of you that does that slowly pays them back for giving Brian a bunch of machines. <laughs> you guys don't understand. They showed up with so many machines and they power our entire studio. We're in their debt. <laughs> Luckily, their customer service is unparalleled. Their uh, equipment is fantastic. They take care of us and we want to take care of you. You're going to have to get a new computer at some point. Please, please, please head on over to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Also, um, all that news you're hearing about supply chain disasters, that's all real. So, so don't wait for Black Friday. Just uh, if, if you want some clever gifts to take care of your loved ones, head on, on over to scamstuff.com. Get it now. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Roku announced that publishers will be able to measure channel content across devices, including streaming video, static web pages, and mobile apps across computer, mobile, and TV streaming devices through Nielsen Digital Content Ratings. Nielsen's advanced video advertising business, which Roku absorbed in March, allows publishers to better target viewers through ad-supported linear channels. If you didn't believe Roku was an ad company, well, come on, look at this. Uh, Roku has 55.1 million active accounts, reported $532 million in revenue, including advertising in Q2. Brian, I'm just waiting for them to sell the hardware division at this point. Look, uh, 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 I, I still am trying to wrap my mind around exactly what Roku is at this moment because we've seen them evolve through so many different iterations of everything. But I'll tell you what, uh, I believe what Roku says if uh, over uh, over just about anybody else, I believe them over Netflix, I believe them over Peacock, I believe them over Hulu. If they say this many people watch that thing, I will believe them. And that alone has a dollar value associated with it. Netflix opens a studio in Brooklyn last month and Deadline reports it is bidding on a site for the Fort Monmouth, New Jersey military base that closed in 2011. Netflix wants to transform the site into a state-of-the-art production facility. Or do they? <laughs> or make a, They want to make a reality show about what it would be like if they did. It's actually a really <laughs> clever way to repurpose a bunch of hangers, isn't it? Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. or they're and slowly building their own army. So you know, we're, <laughs> it's, it is it is a base. Or both. We'll see. Why choose? Yeah, it could right? be both. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yeah, I, I do find it interesting that you're you're may, and maybe we're just hearing about it more outside of LA. But it sounds like they're buying more studios outside of Los Angeles than they than they are inside of Los Angeles. But they have a huge studio here too. Yeah. In a post-game conversation earlier this month, basketball stars Anthony Davis and LeBron James were recorded discussing Squid Game. James was pretty positive about the show saying he liked it but there was a quote of him saying i didn't like the ending though what are you doing so the guardian asked squid game creator huang dong hyuk about the exchange to which he replied have you seen space jam 2 oh my god (laughs) he added that if james has a squid game ending quote that would satisfy him. Maybe he could make his own sequel. I'll check it out. And then maybe send him a message saying, I liked your whole show, except the ending. Uh, to which James <laughs> tweeted the link to the interview and wrote, this can't be real, right? I hope not. Followed by 10 laughing emoji. Uh, it seems like it's all in good fun between the two. Not not a real beef, but it was pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, dude. And, and it was we, also it was also a, a um, newspaper trying to make a beef out of no beef to try to right. you know, sell clicks. 
I mean, and, and also they're both pretty well positioned, two captains of industry being able to razz each other over their very different thing. It's unlike the uh, the, the Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos thing, where they're directly actually competing with each other and, and Musk keeps teasing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon yeah. is selling TVs under its own Omni brand name. Those TVs will be getting AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support, something uh, standalone Amazon Fire TV devices do not have. Ah, interesting choice to be like, well, if you got a TV, yeah, we'll let you airplay. But if you're buying a Fire TV, why would we let you airplay to that? (laughs) That's why you have the Fire TV. Uh, It kind of makes sense to me. Uh, And TikTok announced it has launched an app on Fire TVs in Canada and the U.S. Uh, That was already available on Fire TVs in Germany, France, and the U.K. No word on how long Amazon will have an exclusive on the set-top box version of TikTok, but they're making a big deal out of it. I don't know how many people want to watch TikTok on their Fire TV, but they can. Yeah, couldn't you just cast it? You know, it's because <laughs> they're so short anyway. You could would you really airplay like, it? It would take your, more time yeah. to connect it yeah, than the yeah. whole TikTok would exactly. be. Exactly. <laughs> Fox News' subscription-based uh, streaming service, Fox Nation, is now available as an add-on for YouTube TV for only $5.99 a month. The service continu- uh, features extended content from the Fox News channel, as well as documentaries, true crime series, and movies. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, sorry if I'm making too direct of a connection here, but, uh, I was really impressed last time I went to my parents' place as to how connected they are with, with direct over the top streaming services. Like, like they're, they've, they've given up the traditional, uh, cable lifestyle. Is that because you, you thought of your parents because it was Fox? Uh, your words, not mine. I love you, mom. <laughs> uh, listen, I just want to say that I am proud of all three of us for not making a quibby joke about TikTok on Fire TV. Well That's done. True. It was hard. Yeah, that was good. Good restraint. <laughs> Let's move to the dispatches from the front. So, uh, Tom, almost all the emails that we got were about the question of of what constitutes a spoiler. And, and let me be very clear. Last week, I took what normally is the Tom position of, of quit being babies about spoilers. And because I grabbed it first, Tom took what normally is the Brian position of, of well, we got to be protective about it. So we found ourselves in a very confusing and interesting place. And that was reflected with all of these emails that we got. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, we got some great emails. And, and Chris, we were talking about the Matt Donnelly tweet uh, about the end credits scene from the Eternals and how he had he had posted on Twitter about who was in the end credit and said, hey, it's casting news. Uh, and people got so upset. Uh, Chris wrote in and said, so wait, Brian, what are you saying? It's your responsibility to not be spoiled. So people just need to quit Twitter altogether because that's the only way I can see your opinion here working. And hey, I think the world probably would be a better place if everyone quit Twitter, but that doesn't seem like a realistic take in this situation. The movie wasn't even out. No one could have reasonably expected this news. Your analogies to premiere night for Game of Thrones episodes completely missed the mark. And no, Bryce, just because someone else might have spoiled this, doesn't let this guy off the hook. This was a spoiler, plain and simple. The reporter doesn't need to be crucified for this, but going forward, I think the media should learn from this and not do it. But here's the best part. Chris B. writes, P.S., I don't even get angry about spoilers. Man, what a weird case to put us all on opposite sides of an issue. I mean, all of us are very confused. I don't understand it. And and it follows up. Uh, Another Chris writes in saying, the tweet was a spoiler. It could have simply included a spoiler warning and a link leading you to what the news is for those who are interested. Yeah, this Chris Uh, has no comment. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask the next Chris. Yeah. Uh, well, then fine. We'll move on to Bill uh, near Athens, Georgia, who says, uh, Brian, Tom, Bryce, and possible guest. While Marvel did not invent the post credit scene, the frequent use of them is a relatively new concept. Your conversation on last week's episode illustrated that we are still figuring out the conventions around them. For instance, Casablanca does not have a post-credit scene where we see Ingrid Bergman's plane land and she's greeted by a resurrected Orson Welles from Citizen Kane. Although now I really, really wish it did. Put it in the 50th Uh, year anniversary. 
What does that mean? There are some post-credit scenes that are just silly, such as the Avengers eating at a shawarma restaurant. However, other post-credit scenes continue the story or even from a future movie, such as the post-credit scene from Ant-Man, which is a scene from Captain America's Civil War. This type of post-credit scene may contain spoilers. The casting itself in a post-credit scene could be a spoiler. And he talks about Samuel L. Jackson appearing in Iron Man post-credit scenes at the time wouldn't have known that Samuel L. Jackson had been cast as Nick Fury. So let's use the Matt Donnelly incident as a precedent. If the studio doesn't announce the casting of someone in a post-credit scene, then a reporter probably shouldn't report or even tweet it. Uh, I like the use of the phrase convention because it implies, it takes us out of morality of right or wrong or good or bad or whatever, but, but there's conventional and unconventional. Um, and, and, and sure, I'm, I'm fine with establishing general conventions on that, but, but in general, uh, if you don't want to know something, don't go to the place where things get known. I, I, here, here's the thing. Like, I, I I appreciate that there's been a stance in our emails that the that Donnelly should really not you know be punished for this, but like he did it because he could, and so why are we yelling at him for doing something he could do when Disney could just say don't put they could just make it part of the NDA they could just say hey we're gonna have a post credit yeah, scene right. don't talk about it like yeah, you could NDAs. yell at Twitter for not having a spoiler feature like there's a lot of things yeah. but that that's why I said that that it was gonna happen regardless because. If it's not him, it's going to be someone from Deadline or yeah. someone from, uh, you know, Access Hollywood or ET. Like, it's not going to, you can't close the box and you can't yell at someone for opening the box. Yell at the box maker. Yell at the box maker. Well, yeah, there's there's NDAs, there's yeah. embargoes. The studios know when to control things and when not. And now if, um, you know, it sounds like that, maybe that was a, uh, a mistake not to put that actor in the embargo or a uh you know in the nda it's it's entirely mm. possible that that kind of slipped through the cracks that disney didn't want it released but you know we, we don't or know maybe sure. that's exactly what they wanted and right exactly. and that's exactly oh, yeah, how right. they wanted to, to go out mm -hmm. you know absolutely yeah my favorite part of this entire story is that uh people on twitter started uh pointing to matt donnelly from ice cream social <laughs> to, to hear our discussions about a different matt donnelly uh which which ended up with with matt donnelly and myself following each other on twitter which i don't know why we weren't before but now we are so hey it all, awesome. it all, it all ended well yeah uh we also got hokey writing in saying hello longtime supporter first time writer if the person from variety had tweeted and Josh Brolin was great reprising his role of Thanos, would that not be a spoiler? If the actor and character were not revealed in the normal casting news, then obviously Disney meant to keep it a secret from the general audience. Just because it was a character not well known to most people doesn't make it fair game. Honestly, we should have read this with the rest of our, our stuff earlier, but uh, yes, uh, I, I think this just goes back to, then they should cover it in the NDA and make it clear like, nope, don't say anything about the end credit scenes, even about casting stuff. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, let's finish up with Norm Fazekas says, hey, guys, I know my opinion should only matter a little bit, but I'm finding the Miami Vice rewatch, which is what we're doing on Spoiler in Time, enjoyable because I'm not watching along <laughs> with you. <laughs> Probably the best way. Maybe, maybe one of the it's, better ways to a, go. <laughs> imagine a ghost story where we're all around a campfire and we tell the story of Miami Vice. <laughs> The story of Ed O'Neill as a Norm's like I, Norm's basically saying thank you for spoiling me. I don't want to watch so my advice. I want to be spoiled. Uh, he says I don't care for the show. Never did. Your discussion was fantastic and brought me back to ignoring that as a thirteen-year-old. This might be the first spoiler in time I've listened to that I haven't watched. Uh, so keep it up. So thank you, Dorb. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, it's our own uh, little tip of the hat to drunk history, only with Miami Vice. <laughs> we're, we're just going to do our best to remember the show for you. That might be a whole spinoff show right there. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of yet another Cord Killers. Chris Mancini, uh, a pleasure as always. Thanks for coming along for the ride with us. Great to be here as always. Always a fun discussion. And of course, uh, now, you're here only because you want to promote your Kickstarter, which is, <laughs> wait, so what? I actually, I, I know, I don't have one right now. It's an amazing, but, uh, but yeah, I could promote the website so people could get the books that were actually Kickstarted previously on the show. So you could go and buy the graphic novels and listen to podcasts and do all sorts of stuff at uh, whitecatentertainment.com. We also have a Patreon. 
Um, and uh, there's some great podcasts there as well, like uh, Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood, which is a comedy exploration, adventure, relaxation, sleep aid show. I kind of made a hybrid show where you can kind of sit back, chill, relax, and listen to stories as you um, relax and fall asleep. Very nice. Fantastic. Go go check it out. Where, what, what's the address again? Whitecatentertainment.com. You can get everything there. Excellent. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. And we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? Uh, I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch. Like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, it's we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>